Amen. Well, it's good to be in God's house, isn't it? And uh, I tell you what, I'm going to let the ushers be seated, but if y'all stay up front here so I won't forget you. I'm going to start in Proverbs chapter 14, and, and uh, I've got a whole sermon right there, but I don't know if I'm going to preach that or not, but I just feel like I need to preach right now. Amen. And uh, thank God for His presence this morning. I'm just going to say what's on my heart, and then we're going to receive an offering, but I'm praying about 10 people get saved this morning. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Amen. If I didn't do nothing but quote Scripture this morning, there's been enough said that anybody here could get saved today. Isn't it good to be in God's house? And I tell you, this ought to be a message, church. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's right. Yes. That's right, sister. Help me. Help me. Yes. Hallelujah. Help me. Isn't that wonderful? She got saved in prison. What about that? And that big storm's coming through right now. And God used that, amen, no doubt he used that to get a hold of her heart this morning. I thank God for that. Hey, there's people sitting here right now, you're under conviction, you could get saved right now. If you'd just step out and come this come this altar right now and get saved, God will save you right now. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Amen. You don't have to go to hell. And you know what? The, the choir singing and this atmosphere, it ought to reprove every one of us that are saved this morning. You know what it should do to us? We're to sing with that kind of power every Sunday. Somebody say amen. There ought to be no more dead choir singing. Come on now. Don't y'all die on me now. There ought to be no more dead church services. I was just sitting there. See, that's what happens when the church, if the church would have revival, sinners would get saved. I'm going to promise you that. We could, we could, hey, wouldn't that be worth more than anything you know of right now? Getting all the sin out of your heart, getting right with God this morning would be worth it all to see the church have revival, the choir have power, and sinners get under conviction. Hey, we could all live in victory this morning if we just do business with God. I think this morning what's in my heart is much to the saved as it is the lost. The Bible says, and grieve not, Ephesians chapter number 5, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. We as, uh, that are saved this morning, we need to be real careful. We don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Amen. You say, how do, I, how do I keep from grieving the Holy Spirit of God? The Bible says in Ephesians 5, let all bitterness and wrath and anger. Paul's talking to saved people. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and evil speaking and corrupt communication be peace said let it all be put away all that stuff amen you ought to put away anything in your heart this morning that don't need to be in your heart you need to get it out today amen that'd be worth keeping somebody out of hell over wouldn't it this morning just getting it all out of your life amen if we could get the church where the church needs to be at then we could have revival amen and uh, that's our, that's my burden this morning is that the church would repent today amen from the pastor all the way down to the last pew that we'd do inventory today and get right with God. I'm going to preach on four reasons this morning. 
four reasons why everybody must be saved. Amen. And uh, you say one of them, and, and I don't. I may preach on six reasons why everybody must be saved. Amen. Or I may preach on nine reasons why everybody must be saved. Would that be okay this morning? I'm going to tell you the number one reason you need to be saved in this service this morning is because Jesus died for your sins. Amen. Thank God I'm glad Jesus Christ gave his life. Acts 4 and verse 12 said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 6, the Bible said, For scarcely for a righteous man. Well, let me get verse number 1. The Word of God said, Therefore, being justified by faith, Romans 5, 1, we have peace with God. Amen. And then verse number 6 says, uh, for uh, scarcely for a righteous man will one die yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die but verse number 8 but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us amen I'm glad Jesus gave his life John 3 and verse 16 said for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life I want everybody here this morning to know that the number one reason why you ought to get saved is because Jesus gave his life for you. John chapter 15 and verse number 13 says this, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Hey, sinner, you need to understand this morning that you and I wasn't worth shooting, amen, let alone worth dying for. You say, but I'm a good person, Brother Gravely. The Bible said in Romans 3 and verse number 10, There is none righteous, no, not one. Verse 20. 3 says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God the Bible said in the book of Isaiah that all of our righteousness is as filthy rags the word of God said there is none that doeth good amen hey the Bible says uh, in the book of Isaiah three different times it said there is no peace saith my God to the wicked can I tell you something friend you can't go to heaven on your goodness amen uh, the method of salvation is the blood of Jesus Christ it takes the blood to be saved amen the Bible Bible said in 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 9, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sins. Hey, the Bible said much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Hey, it's the blood or it's hell. Amen. If you get saved, you'll have to get under the blood. You'll have to get washed in the blood. Amen. You can't save yourself. You can't be good enough. You you got to be born again in the family of God. Jesus looked at a very religious man in John chapter 3, and he said this. He said, Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. Amen. The Bible said the wind bloweth where it listeth, and we hear it the sound thereof, but cannot tell whether it cometh or whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And he said, you must be born again. you got to be born of the Holy Spirit. I want to say, number one, you need to be saved this morning because Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. That ought to matter to everybody in this building, that the Son of God gave his life so that you and I could have eternal life. Amen. He gave his physical life so that you and I could live spiritually. If you're here this morning unsaved, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 1, the Bible says that we walk we walked according to the course of this world, according to our own sinful nature. You're dead in trespasses and sin this morning. Number one, you must be saved because Jesus died for your sins. Number two, you need to be saved this morning because Jesus is coming again. Somebody's Say amen to that. 
You need to be saved because Christ is coming again. The Word of God said in the book of Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse number 27, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. Y'all believe that this morning? Jesus is coming again. The Bible says in the book of 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, talking about saved people now, therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. He said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Hey, listen, if you're saved this morning, that's hope. Amen. Hey, you know what my hope is this morning? Is that the clouds would roll back uh, and that the sound of the trumpet would sound and that Jesus would light down upon this world uh, and we that are saved would get out of here. You say, not me. I love this world too much to leave it. Well, friend, uh, then you need a blood transfusion. You need to get saved. Uh, you don't need to wait till tonight. You don't need to wait till tomorrow. You say, why? Because Jesus may come at any moment. He may come while I'm preaching. He may come before there's an invitation given and you'll be left behind in this church house. Amen. Now, wouldn't that be awful to be left behind this morning? Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35, Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And he said, No man knoweth the day nor the hour, but my Father only. Know not the angels in heaven. But he said, As the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For two shall be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. He said, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house would have known in what watch the thief would have come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to have been broken up. He said, Therefore, now listen. Listen to this. Therefore be also ready for in such an hour as you think not. The Son of Man cometh. Hey, friend, he's a coming to this world. Now, Jesus is coming. If he comes this morning, are you ready to face him today? Are you saved? Have you, has there been a change in your life? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Hey, is there something new about you since you got saved? Amen. Hey, the Bible says that if we're saved this morning, hey, I can tell you in just a few seconds how to know that. The Word of God said in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 1, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Number one, if you're saved, you'll love the Word of God. Amen. That means you'll want to come hear some preaching. That means nobody will have to beg you to get under some preaching. You'll want to hear some preaching. You'll want to get under the Bible. You'll want to read the Bible. Amen. If you're saved, you'll love the Bible. Amen. Hey, listen. Listen, you won't treat it like another book. Uh, uh, listen, there'll be a desire to hear the Word of God if you are saved this morning. Number one, you'll love the Word of God. Number two, you'll love the brethren. Amen. The Bible says we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Isn't it amazing when somebody gets saved how much they love to go to church? Amen. And when somebody's not saved, Brother TJ, you can't get them to go to church. In fact, they get mad when you start talking to them about going to church. It grieves them. They'll, get a, or they'll give you a bunch of excuses. Well, I can't go to church because I, I don't have anything to wear. You know, we don't care what you wear to come to church. We want you to come to church. Somebody say amen. I'm talking to lost people. I ain't talking to church members when I say that. You say, well, uh, I, I would go to church, but they, they's all them hypocrites down there at that church. 
Well, you bank with hypocrites. Amen. You buy groceries with hypocrites. Isn't that right? They don't keep you out of the grocery store, do they? They don't keep you from going to the bank. And guess what? If you say you've never been a hypocrite, guess what you are? You're being a hypocrite. A hypocrite is somebody that tries to be something that they really are not. Now, every man, you say, well, how do you know, Brother Gravely, if I've been a hypocrite? Because the Bible says, let, every, let God be true and every man a liar. Amen? I'm going to tell you, every man, woman, boy, and girl in this building has tried to be something at some point in their life that they're really not. Everybody's put the dog on. I don't care who you are. I, I don't act like you've never been a hypocrite. I, I listen, I, and one more hypocrite down the house of God won't hurt hurt us any more than what we've already got. Amen. That's right. Hey, there's a lot of spiritual folks down at church. And when you get saved, them people you used to call hypocrites, you start calling them brother and sister. You start loving them. Hey, can I tell you something? We got hypocrites in our family. Every one of us do now. Hide your halo and tuck your wings in. You got hypocrites in your family, and I do too, and we've all been them, haven't we? You know why? Because we're not perfect. That's right. But we love our family, don't we? Hey, when you get saved, you love the family of God. You want to go to church? You want to hear preaching? And you know what? When you get saved, guess what? You'll love the Bible. You'll love the brethren. When you get saved, listen, the Holy Spirit will live on the inside of you and give you peace. Brother Laddie, I think it was you or it was Brother Danny testifying this morning about how if the preacher preached on hell, it wouldn't even bother you. You know why? Because you got peace. Preaching on hell don't bother you if you're saved other than it may make a, it causes us to have a burden for the lost. Amen? And it may convict us that we need to do more as a Christian, and it should. Amen? The seriousness and the sobriety of hell. But I'm telling you, Jesus is coming, and there's people in this building this morning, if the rapture took place right now, you'd be sitting on that pew by yourself. You're not ready to meet God. Hey, he's coming. The Bible said in, second, in Titus 2 and verse number 11, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing, the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. That's him. He's coming. Amen. Thank God. I'm glad. I hope he comes right now. Praise the Lord. But the Bible says he's coming. Jesus said, and if I go, John 14, 3, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we, not, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Proverbs 14 and verse 12 said, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Can I tell you something about man's way? It's a, decept it's a deceptive way this morning. It's a destructive way. And my friend, it is the ways of death. This morning, you need to make sure you're going in the right direction. Has there been a, you say, preacher, why do I need to be saved? Number one, because Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Number two, because Jesus is coming again. And I'm going to tell you a third reason why you need to be saved. Because hell is a real place this morning. Amen. You say, preacher, did you make that up? No, that's in the Bible. I didn't make that up. Hell is a real place. 
Isaiah 14 and verse 9 said, Hell from beneath is moved to meet thee at thy coming. In Mark chapter 9 and verse number 43, Jesus said, If thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life main than having two hands to go into hell fire where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. He said, If thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It's better for thee to enter into life halt than having two feet to be cast into hell fire where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. He said, If thy eye offend thee, he said, pluck it out. He said it's better for thee to enter into life having one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where the worm die, where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. Hey sinner look up here this morning. I'm here to tell you there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun this morning and as sure as there's gold on the streets of heaven there's fire in the pits of hell this morning. You say I don't like that hell fire and damnation preaching. Well listen if you'll get under the blood you'll find God for an old fashioned leather lung preacher that loved you enough to warn you to flee the wrath to come. God loved you enough. He gave his son because he wants to keep you out of the fiery pits of hell this morning. I had a man tell me one time, he said you can't see my soul. I said I can't see your soul. I said but tell me this morning sir I said if you died right now, I said how would your soul be with God? Do you know that man wouldn't answer that question? But Brother George, he really did answer that question. Because a child of God doesn't mind talking about being saved. Amen. Now these people that will tell you they're saved, but they get half mad when you start talking to them about their salvation. You can just chalk it up. They're not saved, friend. And I didn't say that. God said that in that book. The Bible said, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You want to talk to me about the Bible? You want to talk about Jesus Christ? You want to talk about the goodness of God? That, hey, let's talk all day about that. Amen? Let's don't talk. I, I'm not interested in this world. I'm not interested in the things of this world. I'm not interested in, in who won the football game yesterday. I'm not interested, listen, in golfing. And I'm not saying that's wrong to play golf or, or fish or hunt or in those things. I'm just not interested in those things anymore but if you want to talk about Jesus if you want to talk about the Bible if you want to talk about going to heaven amen if you want to talk about a better place let's talk all day about that book amen I'm saying friend that's what salvation will do it'll make a change on the inside of you this morning are you saved are you saved this morning hell's a real place in Luke chapter 19 or Luke chapter 16 verse 19 you know the story about the rich man. The Bible said in verse number in verse number twenty three, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and he seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said unto him, Son. He said, Thou receivest the good things in thy lifetime, and likewise Lazarus the evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. He said, Besides this, he said, Between us and you there's a great gulf fixed, so they which would come from hence to you cannot, neither can they come to you that would come from thence, he said. He said, Then I, I pray thee, therefore, Father, thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. I wonder how many people we got that would go to that place of torment this morning. And he said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. 
He said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And here's what he said in verse 31. If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. You know why he could say that to him? Because someone did rise from the dead. And there are people today that still don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying you need to get saved this morning because hell's a reality. Below our feet this morning, just a few miles below the surface of this earth, you go, you go below the, the crust and the, the upper and the lower mantle, and the outer core, and inside that inner core, the Bible teaches us that there's a place called hell. And souls of men and women are in that place. We put their body in the ground, but if they're lost, their soul is in the heart of the earth. The Bible, the Bible says that. I didn't make that up. That's in the Word of God. And the Bible says that one of that hell hath enlarged herself in Isaiah chapter 9. And it's beyond measure. Hell is growing this morning with the souls of men and women. And you know the tragedy is there are more people going to hell this morning in America and around this world than there ever has been. You say, Brother, how do you know that? Because of Mark chapter or Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said this. He said, Wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many there be that go therein because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth to life now listen to this and few there be that find it I got a question for you this morning are you one of the few that has found the way this morning you see why you sit here in church you're not here by accident I believe every person sitting in these pews this morning you're here by divine appointment the providence of God brought you here. You're not here by chance or circumstance. God knew you'd be sitting here this morning. You know, I come this morning, I thought I knew what I was going to preach all week. But when that choir got to singing, I can't explain it, but I tell you the Holy Spirit, I, know, I don't know a lot, but I know when God moves. And He touched me this morning. He said, you're not going to preach that. He said, you just mind me. He said, I'll tell you what to preach this morning. Now, God knew what I'd preach before I ever got here this morning. He knew you'd be sitting here. And he wants you to know in 2017, what is today's date? September the 11th? The 10th. September the 10th, 2017, God wanted you to know hell's a real place, friend. I'm going to tell you, Hollywood cannot make do justice to what hell is like. The Bible said in Revelation chapter number 20, here's the fourth reason why you need to get saved. Because one of these days, you're going to stand at the judgment bar of God. Now, as sure as we're all in this church house, and we'll dismiss here in a little while, and we'll go our separate ways, some may leave this building and say, well, I'm never going back there again. I'll never see that preacher. I'll never see them people no more, but that's not true. You will see me again, and I will see you again, and we'll all see him. The Bible said in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11, John said, And I saw a great white throne, and he that sat upon it from whose face the heavens and the earth fled away. Can you imagine that? The earth's being moved away from that throne. He said there was found no place for them. And he said, and I saw the dead, talking about lost people. He said, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. That's the book of secret words, the book of public works, the book of conscience, all these things, the Bible. God said, and the books were open. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things that was written in the books. 
The Bible says the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And verse number 15 says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Hey, sinner, you better listen to me this morning. When I was lost and I would go to church, I used to think that the preacher was so mean. Brother McDaniel, I, I, I thought that preacher, I thought, he don't like me. He's a mean man. That's what I thought. Get up there and tell me I'm going to hell. Tell me I need to be saved. I thought, he don't, he don't like me. I think that sometimes. The devil, see, the devil put that thought in your mind. I'd hear the word of God preach, and what it was, I was under conviction. I was going to hell. And I'd try to pawn it off on the preacher, but it wasn't a preacher talking to me. The still, small voice. You say, you know he's right. You know you need to be saved. You know that's you he's talking about. You're going to go to hell. And I can remember the Holy Spirit dealing with my heart. I remember how I felt. And I'm here to tell you this morning, salvation is not in a feeling. It's in the Word of God. But when you get under conviction, you will feel some things. I felt condemned to die. I knew I didn't have what everybody else had. I was... I, I act like I was okay, but I wasn't okay. I wasn't saved. And I'm here to tell you this morning, member or visitor, you better check up and make sure you're saved. You better make sure that you know you've been born again because Jesus is coming, friend. I'm telling you, what's happening in America today, do you know the word whirlwind is found in the Bible 29 times? That word whirlwind. The Bible says God will have His way in the whirlwind. That means them tornadoes and them hurricanes, they're not, that's, not just a, that's not just a happen chance or circumstance. The Bible says God will have His way in the whirlwind. They can put all the models and thank God that they can predict some things, but they can put all them models they want to, but I'm telling you, that whirlwind's a going in the direction God's ascending it. Amen. And all men can do is get out of the way and warn people to come. You know what, I was watching the news yesterday and I thought as I sat there and was watching the news, I thought to myself, man, people's crazy. I mean, they've been predicting for days one of the largest hurricanes to ever, going to cover the whole state of Florida. I mean, it's coming up the west side, but it's going to cover the whole state all the way into to the United or all the way into Georgia. There's going to be a Category 1 in, in Albany, up to Albany, Georgia. Can you imagine that? And they've been predicting this. You would think anybody with half sense would pack their bags and head for higher ground, wouldn't you? But you know, I watched them, uh, them interview a man that, that, that put his family, he, he was in the Florida Keys, put his family on a boat and sent them to, to, the, to the U.S. and he's going to stay right there. And they was interviewing this man when people, when person after person has warned and said, get out of its way, get out of its path, it's life-threatening, you could die, get out of the way. And you know why he's staying? Because he said, I want to stay here with our belongings. I want to stay here. You know what he's hanging on to? A few things in this world. Now, everybody in this building would call that man crazy just about it, wouldn't you? You'd say, man, ain't no way I'd do something like that. No, but I'm going to tell you what you will do. Something far more dangerous than a hurricane.
the tsunami of hell. The flames of hell are more fierce. The wind in hell and the fire of hell blows harder, hotter than this Hurricane Irma ever thought about it. And you've had warning after warning after warning. Men of God has preached to your soul. Let me tell you something, sinner. The easiest thing for me to do this morning is preach a little sermon and pat you on the head and send you out the door lost, collect a paycheck and go home. I don't want to do that this morning. I ain't interested in that. This church ain't interested in that this morning. We want to keep somebody out of hell. While you sit in the pew and you think about, man, that guy's crazy for staying and risking his life, you're risking your spiritual life this morning. You're gambling, not with physical realm, but you're gambling with eternity that you may walk out them doors this morning and in just a blink of an eye, you could wake up and your life be snuffed out and wake up in eternity in hell forever and ever and ever and ever. Can you imagine that this morning? This morning if I was in this building, I was unsaved, I was lost. I wouldn't wait for a verse of invitation. I'd come and get saved. Preacher, Preacher, why do I need to be saved? Because there's hell's a reality this morning. While you stand in that pew here in just a moment, the very flames of hell could be ready to lick your feet. You say, I don't believe that. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I preached here one Sunday morning, and a young lady raised her hand, what, that she has lost, and less than 24 hours, she was dead. You say, what are you saying? I'm saying she stood 18 years old. Thought she had her whole life ahead of her. And I could, st- I could take you to the pew she was standing on. And the tears dripping off her chin during the invitation. And she raised her hand that she's lost. I wish we could go back, don't you? I don't even know her name. She's in hell this morning. By her own testimony. These other people. I stood by the bedside of someone and watched them slip off into hell. And I'm telling you, listen, that still haunts me to this day as they cried out, I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. You stand by the bedside of a few people like that. You won't care what people think when you preach on hell. One thing I'm concerned about is if you're lost this morning, I beg you, would you get saved? Would you come down this this old-fashioned aisle And get on this old-fashioned altar. And would you repent? Would you be willing to turn loose of your sin this morning and turn to Jesus and ask Him to save you? Would you let go of all the excuses? Hey, I'm going to tell you what. Instead of blaming everybody and getting mad at people that loves you, why don't you turn your heart toward God this morning? Say, them people just trying to keep me out of hell. They care about me this morning. While we stand, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, Christians are praying. We're going to sing probably the greatest invitation song that's ever been sung, written. I believe that. Just as I am. And if you're a Christian, would you, would you pray real hard right now? Would you pray real hard? Would you maybe even shed some tears at the Holy Ghost of God? put somebody that's lost under deep conviction this morning pray God would save them pray God would save them this morning I wonder this morning why heads are bowed eyes are closed Christians are praying I wonder if there's somebody here that say preacher 
I don't want you to come to me and I don't want you to embarrass me, but I, I don't think I'm ready to meet God this morning. And if I died right now, I don't, I don't think I'd go to heaven. And I want you to pray for me and I want to be honest and slip my hand up and ask you to pray for me. Would you lift your hand and let me pray for you? God bless you. Would there be somebody else? Just put it up. Slip it up and put it back down. Preacher, pray for me. Pray for me. Do you care enough for your soul that you at least let somebody pray for you this morning? Or are you too far gone that you don't even want somebody to pray for you? Would you lift your hand this morning? Let me pray for you this morning. Let me pray for you today. Preacher, if I died, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. I'm not ready to meet God. Pray for me. Would there be somebody this morning? Brother Gravely, pray for me. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to sing a few verses of this song. And this is an invitation for you to come and be saved. Why don't you come down this altar this morning? Get on your knees and ask God to save you. If you'll come, we'll meet you in this altar. We'll meet you down here. If you're away from God, get right with the Lord this morning. While Brother David leads us in this song, why don't you come?